Hello, my name is Dr. Fabrice Robert Lubin, and I am a clinical psychologist. And I am Rachel Wagoner, and I am a clinical therapist. Welcome to Mindful Chatter. This is a place where we keep it real, keep it relevant, catching up with one another, and most importantly, catching up with you. I like how you looked deep into my eyes as you said that. Like you really, truly want to catch up with me. I want to really catch up with you. We haven't talked this much this week. I know. This has been kind of a weird week for us. I wonder why that is. We've been busy with... I think we've entered into more jobby modes in the last couple since there's been like some structural changes. I've noticed that we both got like more job oriented oriented. versus personally oriented. Yeah. Well, and summer, I feel like summer's always busy and I know everybody makes that excuse, but it really gets like in Chicago, since we don't get, you know, nice weather all the time, we get maybe like maybe three months of it. Chicago is the only place where they say that we get seasons, but sometimes summer skips. <laughs> or it just, it skips right to like 90 degrees and right. humid. And Actually, then it this, skips back to 40. Yeah. But I feel like we've, I felt like we had a really nice spring and a really lovely summer so far. It hasn't been too crazy hot. Relativity says that this winter was a little bit weak. Not a strong winter, therefore I, I feel as if the summer, it's just been in the 70s, pretty cool, yeah. nothing too gross. No, yeah, I'm not mad about it. I'm not mad either. <laughs> I'm filled with love. You're filled with love. Love and affection. How are you today, Rachel? I am doing very positively. I am loving, I keep going back to the weather. I'm loving the weather. I'm loving... Um, my parents are coming to visit next weekend, so I'm super pumped about that to show them around, show them what's been going on, get to spend some time with friends this weekend. So I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm feeling incredibly positive and vibrant. I think one of the most beautiful things about Chicago, talking about the weather, is when it does get into this mode, there's such a gratefulness Mm, that's of everybody the, of everybody <laughs> in the air everyone's like we're outside and we're allowed to be i can we're wear not short gonna, sleeves <laughs> exactly and i'm not gonna die yeah you know and so there's this beautiful kind of underlying tinge of vibration and celebrating like our mortality and life mm-hmm. and everyone's smiling and everyone has a little extra pep in their step and it's contagious Definitely. It's very contagious. So, but going into the topic today, which I'm, I mean, I say this every single week, but this one I'm especially excited about because I love love and we get to talk more about love. You love love. I love love. Love, love. There's a term that's called tautological and tautological is a term that we use when a word defines the thing itself. (laughs) So if you were to say, well, what is love? It's when you love somebody or I love love. Like Mm -hmm. that's a tautological kind of expression. Mm -hmm. Isn't that weird? It totally is a tautological kind of expression. We're just tautologically all over the place. That's not the For the audience, just so everybody knows, Alan and I literally just looked at each other and just shrugged (laughs) because Fabrice did the most Fabrice thing ever by bringing in a tautological. (laughs) I... I, I am in honor of how much space I'm allowed to be Fabrice. <laughs> of course. We only want you to be your most genuine and authentic being. 
so yesterday, Rachel and I were doing a work meeting and every now and again, I go really ham because that's just who I am. I, I can't turn it off. So I had this idea that was stuck in my mind and I had to just say it. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards I just fall into a heap because I'm just like, should I have said that Rachel? Was that the right thing to say? You were judging. And Rachel looks at me clear in the eyes and she goes, you should never ever regret expressing who you are. Boom. Rachel Wagner people. Yes. Rachel Nesbitt fucking Wagner. Thank you. Yeah, no, I totally, it it goes back to the judgment podcast that we did last week. You know, when we express ourselves in in a moment and especially if it is in a healthy, constructive way, I don't think that there is a need to apologize, even if it might be more emotionally, um, you know, heightened, why would we have to apologize for our emotions? I think that that's silly. So I thought that you handled it very well and I appreciated um, how you expressed it too. So, At the heart of our discussion today, the thing that most made us excited to discuss love, I think is that as we grow older, I've seen the definition of love evolve and expand So my first question to you, Rachel, in getting to catch up with you Mm. is what was love like back for you when you were just a kid? Like what was your kid version, storybook version of love? Who was your first love? (laughs) (laughs) My first love. I don't know who my first love was. Probably the Bible. What? I said the Bible. The Bible. Um, well, not the, really was, along was, my religious I was, path. I, yeah, I was, I was kidding. Yeah. Um, I I fell in love with so many different things. I was very much a nature type of a person. I loved being on my own and exploring things. So I think I fell in love with exploration. That was probably my first really big love. Go there. Was exploration. I So my parents live on like eight acres of beautiful gardens and... Um, the gardens weren't there when I, when we moved there when I was younger, but there were trees and there were woods and I would love to go and explore. And I would love to kind of be on my own and be by myself because I thought that my imagination was just so fun. So I really enjoyed being in that space. I loved being around my parents. I was very shy and anxious when I was younger though, too. So like meeting new people, I was like, no, I don't know about these people. I don't know if they're, you know, safe or not. So I really enjoyed spending time with my family. (laughs) Um, and they have, um, this little teeny like lake house. I don't even know if you need one would call it a house, but we would go and spend time there with like family friends that were around our age and we would run around and, um, catch bullfrogs, which is the most country thing ever. But it was, I don't know. I think that's the first real instance of love that I, that I had. It wasn't maybe being in love with a person, but I was in love with, everything going on around me. I respect so much how you always confound my expectations (laughs) in terms of what you're going to say. That makes it so much fun to, to do this project with you. It resonated with me and it made me reflect that my first love was books. Mm. I remember reading high life for kids. Oh, I loved that magazine. 
and that was the first time where I felt accomplished, where I felt that I knew how to do something. I was never a great student, mm-hmm. always disorganized. I that really actually blows my mind because oh man. I mean maybe not the disorganized piece, but you're so smart. I'm gonna and put talented. it out there in. <laughs> Just because I know that there's so many people somewhere, there's this one person that's in a job that's well-respected and everyone comes up to them and is like, you're a really smart person. And what they're hiding is the secret shame of their two-point-something high school GPA. Oh. That was mine. Oh. And I was the worst student. However, reading for me, did this, had, I had almost the same exact experience that you described growing up in in those that like wooded acred place mm-hmm. it opened up so many avenues of imagination and thought it brought me a sense of connection to other people it brought me a sense that there were other worlds outside of what i could see sure and that's kind of magical yeah and it's that you could connect magical with it. thing yeah you can connect with it in so many different ways and It's not, I find that a lot of times love is portrayed in certain ways through, whether it's books or through especially television and movies. Growing up, rom-coms were such a thing. For me and my friends, you know, those like, you know, 90s and early 2000s, those were like what people watched, you know, like she's all that and all those movies where someone, they fall in love and it's happily ever after. And like even Disney Disney movies, it's a perfect example. The whole goal and premise of the majority of the Disney movies growing up was that you fell in love with someone. So I think, it, and they portrayed it in a really magical and wonderful way, but there's so many other forms of love than just falling in love. With one person. With one person. And I think it can be so magical, all of these other ways that love can be shown to us from whether it's nature or from us working out and giving love to our bodies or eating healthy or um, exploring and going on different adventures or reading books and really immersing ourselves in that journey or that path. So much of this sounds as if at times love is kept unevolved or kept to one particular script. And it reminds me of what we were talking about last week regarding judgment that, you know, we were kind of discussing that when you, you can notice that it's a judgment when it only tells one story, it's very, very black and white Mm. and it always kind of jumps to a conclusion. So when people are selecting partners or they're going throughout their lives, they're attempting to find one person that's going to satisfy all of the things in them and they're going to do it forever. The mythological unicorn, AKA the one. Right. And it's incredible because who are you going to meet? That's going to, you're going to know them for a long enough time that they're going to know you for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And they're not going to change and you're not going to change at all. Yeah, No, no, you're allowed to change. They're (laughs) supposed to accept you. Oh, okay. They have to change. They never change because you you don't want them to change too much because that would be scary. But they also have to grow and a change to fit you and evolve to fit you and where you're at. Which doesn't sound like love at all to me. No, I definitely agree with that. I am, and I'll share this a lot in sessions when I have people come in and struggle with dating and dating can be hard. Um, and they're just like, I can't find him or her. And I'm just kind of, and the way that I approach it, and this is my own belief set and I very much preface that. I don't believe in a one. 
I think that there are many ones in our journeys that are good for us in those times. I think that there are people that you can find that can adjust and move in their own path and you can adjust and move in your own path. And as long as there's good communication and even the ebbs and the flows and the ups and the downs, as long as you're open about it, I think that that can last for a really long time. But a lot of times people are not willing to open up that communication for fear of judgment or because they don't want to, or they can't accept this new hobby that their partner has or whatever it is. So it's so interesting. I think that there are many, many different ones that are good for us at certain points in our lives. And maybe those ones, if you look back on it, look back on like my college boyfriend and I'm like, there's no way in hell that that would have been a good relationship. No college boyfriend of Rachel's, not going to happen. Sorry guys, don't come back into my DM. (laughs) Not going to (laughs) work. That, that piece that you're saying that the story and the myth of the one creates this this kind of perpetuating idea that one person is going to fulfill you and then the story stops mm-hmm. and then it ends. Mm-hmm. When the way that you're just- Hello Disney movies, right? right? And yet when we think of love, when I think of love, even as a kid, what was the first experience of love? It was always expansive. Always. So even if you meet one person that you do love, mm-hmm. the real thing that's tying you together is somehow in some way or form, they are expanding your awareness of life and the right. world right. in a bunch of different directions. Yeah. So loving one person, the act of loving one person should always be followed by loving even more things after that. Yeah. Like a series of stars and constellations. Cause imagine how limiting it can be if you are saying, I need someone else to fulfill a missing part of me. Okay, so then they fit into that missing part, but then where's the room to grow? It fit in, you you made it fit somehow, but then you can't really expand it because if you expand as a person, you fulfill yourself in other ways as a person. That would then technically edge that person out of that missing space, that missing piece. That's so that's so badass because even how, how we're describing it, a missing part. Do you come pre-installed mm-hmm. with this kind of empty space inside of you? Is that is that what happens? Because when I look at my daughter, she looks anything but empty. Right. When I think of myself as a child, and when I think about the books I used to love reading, mm-hmm. and the experiences that I had with my friends, and the my imagination, what I connected with, there was no sense of emptiness. No, absolutely not. So there's a book by Shel Silverstein. I don't know if you've read this as a kid, but it's called The Missing Piece Meets the Big O. And the whole premise of this, and I suggest anyone out there, if you haven't read it, pick up a copy. It is so absolutely wonderful. Um, Basically, the whole premise of it is there is this missing piece and it goes around and it meets all of these different circles that have missing pieces. And it's like, okay, well, this one's too big. This one's too small. This one's too flashy. This one's too quiet, too timid. So it goes through all these things and then it meets this complete circle. And in this, the missing piece is like, I think that you're my soulmate. I think that I'm your missing piece. And the big O is like, I'm actually complete. I don't have a missing piece, but you can roll along with me if you'd like. 
Isn't that incredible? Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. The missing piece was already whole too. The missing piece was already whole too. They just had to recognize it. And even the missing piece in that put judgment. Well, I can't roll. I don't have rounded edges. But as soon as it said, but I want to be whole, it started to move. It started to round its edges. And then, spoiler alert, they're actually in the end rolling together, not as a part of one another, but on a similar path, but they're both whole. So I wanted to follow up with what you said with this quote from Eve Ensler during this interview, where she says, since I recovered from cancer, I feel so joyful. To be sitting here occupying this space with you. This summer, I had my friends and we were in Italy and we were dancing and we were swimming and we were talking and we were having amazing evenings. And every moment of what was so dear to me was precious. We find our fulfillment where we choose to find our fulfillment. And if you're told you can only find it here and you don't look at where it is, which is your life, you keep thinking it's coming. Well, it'll be here one day. I'll get that big love. Well, you have that big love. It's already here. That is such an awesome message because you're right. A lot of times people are stuck in this waiting until the big love, the one, the unicorn comes along and they stop living their life and being engaging in those moments. For me, I find so much love from friends and from other people, from doing this podcast, I find so much love. But if I were to be sitting here just thinking and waiting, okay, well, I gotta wait until until I can actually feel fulfilled and enjoy my life. I've gotta wait for the one to be here. You're missing out on so much. And think about how passive that is. Mm-hmm. That idea that somehow you're gonna accidentally bump into it. Right. And so we're always looking for it. And I think that when we're talking sometimes about our professional careers and why we do what we do, I hear a lot of people that come in here and they're stuck in stupid jobs that they hate, that bring them no joy and no elation and no love. And they're doing it because they think secretly deep down, they're going to find that love somewhere within that. Yeah. And so I have a friend that recently she went on like, an amazing date with this guy. He was expressive, communicative, very like, you know, flattering towards her, all of these things that she said that she's wanted in someone. But this was like first date, second date. He's going in about when do you want to have kids? Do you what do you want to get married soon? Like all of this, these like hard questions for her. And in her mind, she's like, well, this might be the one because he's giving me everything that no one's ever given to me before. And finally, I'm getting those pieces that I want. And her fear was actually he's not giving me exactly what I want because he's being very aggressive and, you know, all of these things. But her fear was, what if this is the one? What if I let him go? Once again, all of it outside, externalized, externalized, externalized. Not the dialogue. No. No vulnerability. Exactly. It's this idea. And I'm tr- as, I, as, a, as my love is evolving in my life, what I'm starting to see is love starts and comes with me. Mm-hmm. In any given room, in any given space, at any given time, there's an opportunity to demonstrate my love. It can be through carefulness of cleaning up after myself. Mm. It can be as I'm getting on the bus and smiling at the bus driver and asking genuinely, how was your day? Right, right, right. We 
she, your friend, myself, you, we can take responsibility. And rather than putting an entrusting love to come from outside of us, what if we took responsibility and said that love comes from within us and it is up to us to actually bring that out into the world so people can see it. Right, and in some ways we do have the control of that. If we increase the mindfulness of it and actually understand that love does come from with us, within us and we get to decide you know, what love we want and what love we don't love, want. He was too aggressive. So she's allowed to say, okay, I'm actually feeling worse in this situation. I'm feeling more anxious. You know what I mean? So she did get to a really awesome place where she's like, I ended it. I feel like a huge weight has been lifted off of my shoulders. And then she focused again internally, which is what I try to do all the time. And I I, I love that because you very much are that person that you even today showed me love by asking me if I wanted a donut. And that is like ultimate love, if you ask me. <laughs> it is the most pure form of love. Pure form of love is by offering me a donut, which is amazing. But you're right, it can show up in so many ways. One way that I show love to people is by compliments. I compliment people and it's not because I, it's not not genuine. I definitely compliment people based upon the awesome things that they're wearing or that they're doing. And that's my way of kind of externalizing it, but also being like, hey girl, to myself, love that dress you're wearing. It's an acknowledgement. <laughs> yeah. It's that, it's that the term I always loved is that, that namaste, right? Mm-hmm. I bow, the soul in me bows to that soul in you. Mm-hmm. So I, I agree. I'm always scanning the environment and looking for how can I make this person feel and know that they're cared about, that they're being witnessed, right. not advised, not pushed, not told what to do, Sure. but that they're just being seen. This makes me wonder more about you and maybe how do you find love on days that are hard, that are more difficult? How do you bring that or find it within? And that's a, that's, that's a really close to heart kind of question for me because I would say that over the last year, which has been one of the most challenging in terms of, of understanding that love is a form of responsibility for me for me to do to bring into my life, that I wasn't going to find it magically, that it's something I had to persistently create and do. There's a kind of mental state that I do right before I go and see a new guest mm. that I've tried to now apply to other areas of my life. So this is something that my guests have taught me how to do through doing this work. And what it is on some levels I attempt to let go of all expectation and the only thing that matters to me is how can I connect with this moment for whatever it is. So if I'm having this really challenging day, in the past I would use that as an excuse to put myself down, to disconnect, to isolate, to not seek help. And now my attention is more turned to what can I do in this given moment to be with the world instead of being apart from. So even if it's, man, I'm having a really challenging day, how can I connect with that day through talking with Rachel? Yeah. 
if I'm having a really challenging day, how can I put this into poetry? How can I make a joke out of this with Alan to make him laugh? Mm -hmm. So it's not about expecting the world to come in and clean me up or fix me or give me the peace that I'm missing. It's my responsibility to connect with the world. Yeah, I think that's great. I think for me, a lot of times I do try to do similar things. I try to get really connected with my values. And I know that a big thing that a lot of people have been bringing into sessions and things that I'm struggling with due to my own political belief systems and a lot of the changes that have been happening. I read the skim every morning when I wake up and basically it's just this um, email that you get every morning. It's just a skimmed version of kind of what's going on in the world, um, which is awesome. It keeps me up to date and it's not like reading through tons and tons of articles. It puts boundaries on it because I, I tend to get very upset about the things that have been happening as I know a lot of people have been. And uh, again, you know, everyone's allowed to believe whatever, whatever they're believing, but I think that it's been a struggle because there has been a lot of instances where there hasn't been love that's been shown. Completely. It's almost like we're forgetting that love in and of itself can be a political act, can be a form of pure Mm -hmm. advocacy to actively love. During the civil rights marches and movement, nonviolent protest was connected with looking at another person with Mm. love. With love. Even in the face of their anger, even in the face of the ugliness of racism and systemic oppression and all of that, and saying, I'm going to love you. There's a thing I was reading the other day where a woman said, I don't want to love the 99%. I don't want to love the 1%. I want to love the 100%. Everyone. And I, in those moments, I, I did join the Women's March, um, you know, back in the fall. And it was incredible because you could feel the love. And it was a, you know, it was a very passive protest. It was everyone was there with like awesome fun signs and, you know, just practicing their rights to, to protest. Um, and it was all nonviolent and it was just colorful and bright and amazing because everyone there I mean, again, I'm speaking generally, but everyone there for that day was all about, we're all equal. We're all human beings. And from my belief set, from, you know, my parents and my mom, especially being a Quaker, we have this huge belief that you can believe whatever you want. You can be whoever you are. And we accept you 100%. We love you for that. The emphasis on that we is the most powerful thing that changes and invigorates a community. We don't want to look at times, I'll stick my my head out and say, when I first imagine, you know, Trump supporters and things of that nature, what I forget in my own liberalness or my own like kind of mindset is that those people in those rallies, they found exactly what you found too. They found colorfulness, they find belonging, they find Mm -hmm. connection. Right. Because the other we're taught in our culture is supposed to bring a sense of change and that change is going to take away from us. Mm. I don't view it that way and I don't think you view it that way. I think it's when I see the other, when I see things outside of myself, I think, man, this thing that's going to come in, this can change me. It can change all of us and it can turn into something greater than we were as a singular being. Yeah, 
so I like in those moments to try to practice meditations, even if I'm frustrated with the legislation and I'm frustrated with Congress and I'm frustrated with, you know, President Trump or whoever it is. I try even then because it's it would be very incongruent and hypocritical for me to say, like, I hate all of this stuff. And I might feel feelings of anger and frustration, but instead of like, you know, sending the energy of hate that way, I do find that it would be more, more appropriate in my meditations to try to send love and understanding and hope that that gets absorbed. Oh, hell yeah. Because the greatest wealth in this country is not money. It's who you know mm -hmm. and who you're in connection with. When groups want to oppress others, they oppress the entire community. There can be someone who can achieve a certain amount of wealth or power individually, but if you can break their community, you break democracy. You control democracy. So when we say that we can create a community, we can create acceptance, we can create diversity and love and inclusion, we're going to change our democracy. We're gonna change our society. And therefore to me, the highest political act you can do is to actively look for forms of love and look for forms and ways to connect in every moment that is afforded to you. So this is a piece I wrote a while ago and this is just like a tiny fraction of that piece. Love is a process of becoming. The man learns to go back to the boy and love the boy much harder than he was loved in the past. The man does this because he is loved now by someone so deep it seems to go back in time and heal all wounds. Love is an echo that ripples through time. Is it a force faster than light, heavier than air, louder than silence, and more powerful than the waves? Love creates infinite space for all things to grow and be discovered. Love forks time and alters reality. A man discovers the boy through the love of the man. And the boy grows up again, and this time he grows up with love and no longer needs to fight. Well, that was a Fabrice Robert Lubin original, and I loved every second of it. Love, love, loved it. Love, love, love. Love, 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 love. love, love I'm love. just going to keep saying love until people absorb until all of the love. We're going to shove love into their ears right now. <laughs> That's what we're doing. We're doing that. I love it. Love. Love. So this has been episode 19 about love and loving and lovers. And I love it. Friends. Yeah. Family. All of it. Who are, you, who are, who are people supposed to find? What's the task this week? Um, we did ants last week. So this week you need to share with uh, a cousin. Go show some love to your cousin. Yeah, shout out to your cousins. Give them some love. Yeah. 
You we would love if you shared us. You can also share us through many different platforms. Soundcloud.com slash mindful chat is one way. You can also go onto iTunes at, and we are up there as mindful chatter. Go over there and review us. Give us some loving. That would be awesome. Um, Alan, as always, is the producer of our podcast. Go over and check out his music, soundcloud.com slash vibes. We have that website too. I don't know if you guys forgot about it. I didn't. It is mindfulchatter.org. If you have any questions or anything you guys would like to hear us chat about, you can submit it at the bottom of our mindfulchatter.org webpage or you can send it to mindfulchatterpodcast at gmail.com. As always, check out my tweets at mindfulchat. I've been slacking a little bit, but I'll, I'll try to step those up a bit. Um, but it's probably because no one's been following me. Everyone follow me. It'll be great. Follow us, not me, us. So... Yeah. This has been Mindful Chatter. We'll see you next time. We love you. Bye.